0: Before we start this episode, I want to give a slight content warning. This episode features mentions of suicide. I will give you a heads-up just before I mention it, so that you can skip ahead if you want to. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. These lines will forever be associated with witches and witchcraft. Not just because these lines are spoken by witches and, yes, even featured in one of the Harry Potter movies, but also because the play these lines are from is claimed to be cursed. The Curse of Macbeth is perhaps one of the best-known curses in the world. I'm sure that by simply saying the name of the play aloud, I have brought shivers to some of the spines of some of the listeners to this podcast. Because if you have ever done anything with theatre in your life, you know but you cannot simply say the name of this Shakespearean play. It brings bad luck. And yes, in some cases, death. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Certainly Strange. Today we are diving into the Curse of Macbeth, a superstition that still drives fear into the hearts of many people across the globe. But is there any truth to it? And, how can something so innocent as a theatre play be the bringer of so much disaster? Without any further ado, let's get into the story. Macbeth is wrapped in the belief that simply uttering the play's name in a theatre will cause bad luck. It is for this reason that most people prefer to call it the Scottish play. For us to understand this peculiar superstition, we must dive back into the past to unravel why exactly the plague was written in the first place. There is no time and place more notorious for its witch hunts than 16th century Scotland, when King James VI was obsessed with rooting out all witchcraft from his lands. That means a lot of innocent men and women, often poor and outcasts from society, were hanged from a rope because of the deep fear of anything that was different from what everyone else thought was normal. In 1586, King James was sailing from Denmark to Scotland with his new wife, Anne, when their ship was caught in violent storms and they almost perished beneath the waves. King James VI was convinced that these storms had been caused by the evil spells of witches who wanted him dead. When he eventually landed in Scotland, he immediately ordered a witch hunt in the coastal town of North Berwick, believing that this would be the place where these witches lived. He later went on to write Demonology, an essay on how to even further the persecution against witches. King James VI would eventually become the King of England in 1603, becoming King James I and VI. And everyone seemed very eager to please the new king. Some did this by appealing to his witch-hating side. The very next year, Christopher Marlowe published his book Dr. Faustus, which fed into the fear people already had of witchcraft and its association with the devil. Two years later, Shakespeare finished his play Macbeth. Like Dr. Faustus, Macbeth showed how very evil and terrible sorcery was, whilst linking it to King James's Scottish roots, and even referencing the storm at sea that King James had faced in one of the lines in the play. But it is said that the first performance of the play in 1606 was already riddled with disaster. The actor, who was said to play Lady Macbeth, fell ill, and Shakespeare himself was forced to take on the role. Well, according to Dr. Anya Cohen of the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust, this story is nothing more than a myth. There is no evidence to back it up. She blames a theatre critic in the 19th century called Max Beerbohm for starting this rumour. He made up a story that the actor playing Lady Macbeth in the first production had fallen ill or had died, and it was actually just a joke, poking fun at the so-called scholars who claimed all sorts of things about Shakespeare without any historical evidence to back it up. But as sometimes happens with a joke, people took it a bit more seriously, and if you read articles about the curse of Macbeth online right now, chances are that 9 times out of 10, this story will still be repeated as a fact. Some will also claim that the play displeased King James the First and Sixth so very much that he banned it for five long years. Well, this story is not true either. But despite that the misfortunes around the first performance of Macbeth are not true, does not mean that there weren't any misfortunes around any performance. Oh no, trust me, misfortunes there were a-plenty. Enough to make you wonder whether the play is truly cursed. There have been a good number of incidents surrounding productions of Macbeth throughout the many years that this has been put on. After all, the play is 417 years old. One of the productions where bad luck seemed to pile up is the Macbeth production starring Laurence Olivier in 1937. It all started with the sudden death of the theatre manager, Lillian Baelish, who died of a heart attack on the 25th of November, 1937, just one day before the play would open. The play's premiere was postponed, and when it finally did happen, the portrait of the deceased Lillian Baelish Eerily fell off the wall in the theatre. I'm not saying it was ghosts, but I know that we're all thinking it. Accidents continued to happen. In true Phantom of the Opera style, a stage weight fell down from the ceiling and missed Laurence Olivier by a hair, something that would have definitely killed him if it had struck him. Then, the director and the actress playing Lady Macbeth were both involved in a car crash when they were on their way to the theatre and ended up in the hospital. And then lastly, during one of the performances, Olivier's sword broke during one of the fight scenes. The piece flew into the audience and hit a man who apparently died of a heart attack because of this. These unfortunate deaths were perhaps the first of which I could find actual proof, but they were certainly not the last. This is where I'm going to mention the suicide, so if you are uncomfortable with the subject, I suggest you skip ahead a bit. In New York, on the 27th of January, 1988, a singing coach by the name of Bencho Benchevsky attended a Saturday matinee performance of Giuseppe Verdi's Macbeth. He took place at one of the balcony seats, and some witnesses would later recall that he caused disturbances before the performance started, though they did not specify exactly what sort of disturbances. At around 3.30 in the afternoon, during the intermission between the second and third act, Banchevsky went over to the balcony railing and sat down on it. When an usher approached him and requested that he remove himself from the railings, Bronchewski tipped over backwards and fell into the orchestra seats. His head hit another railing on the way down, and he fell into the aisle with a part of a broken seat on top of him. By the time the police arrived, the man was pronounced dead, a death which was later ruled a suicide, although it was a mystery to his wife as to why he would kill himself. But some of the rumoured incidents around the cursed play are just flat-out lies. For example, the Washington Post claimed that a 1942 production of Macbeth held the record for having been struck by the curse the most. It claims that four of the people involved in the play died, three of which were actors and one was the production designer, who they claimed committed suicide right after the premiere of the play. Ultimately, only two out of these deaths are true. Which is already tragic enough, there should have been no need to exaggerate that which is already a great tragedy. The truth is that only one of the actors died, an actress called Beatrix Fielden-Kay, who played one of the Weird Sisters, and she died during the tour of the production in Manchester. The second death to be true is that of the production designer, John Minton, who did indeed die by suicide, only not right after the premiere of the play, as they claim, but 15 years after it. Though not all of the stories are true, it is a fact that the performances of Macbeth are surrounded by an ominous atmosphere, by strange accidents and bad luck. So what is to blame? According to folklore, It is all because of one thing, or actually three, witches. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are diving into a topic that we have never delved into before on this podcast, magic. But before we discuss all of that, first a word from one of my friends over at the BOOPOD Network.
1: What's up, witches?
0: Hi, I'm Claudia. And I'm Jess and welcome to True True Crime Coven. So I'm Claudia and I bring the true crime content. I aim to make it ethical and inclusive and as much of a safe space as possible. And I'm Jess and I bring the ghost stories and the cryptid stories, and I like to present them in the form of a sandwich. So we go ghost story, cryptid story, and finish up with a slice of ghost story bread. And it's always delicious. (laughs) If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, then search True Crime Coven wherever you get your podcasts. And just remember to stay safe and stay Stay spooky. (laughs) According to folklore, Macbeth is truly cursed. That is the word cursed, not simply meaning that it brought bad luck and disaster it is the belief that it has actually been cursed by witches. According to the legend, when writing the play, Shakespeare used elements of real spells in scenes that feature the three weird sisters. Eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, adder's fork can blindworms sting, lizard's leg and howl it's wing, for a charm of powerful trouble, like a hell-broth boil and bubble. This line, spoken by the Second Sister of the Three Witches in Macbeth, as they stir their boiling cauldron, is one of the most familiar phrases associated with witchcraft. According to Dr. Anya Cohen, it is possible that Shakespeare could have based these lines on actual encounters that he had, meeting people who created herbal medicines and other treatments. The ingredients that the witch mentions are actual, real ingredients. Tower of frog refers to bulbous buttercup, and wool of bat is most likely just moss. According to some, including real spells into the play was enough to cause the whole play to be cursed. Others say that a coven of witches was so displeased by Shakespeare's portrayal of witches that they cursed the play. But to some, there was no actual magic needed for the play to be cursed. You have to remember, this play was first brought on stage in 1606 under King James I of England and VI of Scotland. During this time, people believed in magic and feared it deeply. The whole play was a representation of the ability of witches to bring evil into this world. There is almost no work of Western literature that invokes such feelings of dread and fear for the powers of darkness. Simply put, of all Shakespearean plays, it is logical that people believe Macbeth is cursed, because it evokes such an idea. And then if something tragic does happen, which is bound to happen in the 470 years that it has been performed, Of course it is attributed to this alleged curse. Macbeth was one of Shakespeare's most popular plays and has been performed far more than most of his work. When you have more performances, it is statistically more likely that things will go wrong. Besides, Macbeth has a lot of action scenes, such as sword fights. More dangerous stunts means that more accidents are bound to happen. So, you can ask yourself, is the curse magic, or is it math? Despite the curse perhaps being more of a theatrical superstition than a genuine supernatural phenomenon, the belief has persisted amongst actors, directors, and theatre enthusiasts. If you dare to speak the name Macbeth in a theatre, or quote some of its lines when you are not an actor in the actual play itself, There is only one way of ridding yourself of the curse. Exit the theatre, spin around three times, spit, curse, and then knock on the theatre door to be allowed back in. So, what do you think? Is the play Macbeth, or the Scottish play, actually cursed? Let me know in the comments on Instagram, or send me a DM. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving behind a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps to support this podcast. For the transcript of the episode, as well as all the sources that I used in my research, visit our website, certainlystrange.com. And once again, thanks for listening. Bye.